0: Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to The Social Circus, where every week we dive into a variety of topics covering social media, mindset, and how to run your business. I hope that you enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Social Circus. I'm your host, Sarah Thompson, and today I am thrilled to be joined by the fabulous Diana Todd. Now, Diana is a registered tax agent, but she is more known to be a speaker and educator on business tax. And she is the founder of Balanced Tax Accountant. This is an online accounting firm that specializes in educating small business owners in creative industries. So Balanced Tax Accountants is a zero gold partner and has grown to a client base, my goodness, of 750 since its mm. humble beginnings in 2015. That's a lot of clients, mm. Um, mainly using the power of Instagram and Facebook and her firm Prides itself on taking the stress out of tax through systems and education, education, empowering small business owners to get control of their business finances. So, Diana, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. I know. I'm thrilled to have you on here. And I love asking people because it's always really interesting. You obviously have a hugely, wildly successful business, which we love. But tell me, how did you get started into your journey of entrepreneurship?
1: So I got started in my journey in my late thirties. Oh no, early, late twenties, actually, sorry, late twenties, because a month before my 30th birthday, my partner passed away from leukemia and he was only 27 years old at the time. And I was his primary caretaker for the last year and a half of his life. And what that led me to is after he was gone was being in this space where it was like, okay, well, what am I doing with my life? You know, I have this incredible gift that not everybody has. um, And what do I wanna do with it? And I was actually really inspired by the nurses and the doctors that helped support and take care of him. And I thought, you know, the best thing that I can do with my time on this earth is to support other people in achieving their dreams. So I wondered what can I do as an accountant to support people and I saw that there was a massive gap in the market, in the accounting space, specifically in tax accountants that spoke in everyday language to support entrepreneurs in managing their business money, to make it stress-free, apply systems, all of the things keeping up to date with the online technologies. And so I thought, you know what, I will specialize in that and support entrepreneurs in accomplishing their money goals in their businesses. And that was where everything started in 2015. And I've just been non-stop ever since.
0: (laughs) Wow. Oh, look, thank you for sharing that really honest. I was like, oh, I didn't know you were going to say that. (laughs) Um, Honest share, because it's often out of these big life events that we have these epiphanies. And you obviously had one. And I have to say, um, you and I run in similar circles here in Perth. And whenever I see your happy face at things, I always think this woman is killing it in her space because let's be honest, accounting is boring. Well, we think it's boring. yeah.
1: (laughs) It can be boring. It can. I will even admit that as an accountant. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I guess what 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 kind of makes you stand out is this real passion that you have to actually support businesses. So you're not there to just shop and do your, do do the tax i and take just take that bill. Like and that's not what you're about at all, is it?
1: It's way more than that, because there's also the energy we bring to our business money, the systems and technology that we embrace and, you know, that help us keep things organized. So that way we can free up our time to focus on running the business and business strategy, serving our customers. So there's so much more than just doing taxes. It's only one aspect. And I think that's the really the vision that I saw for balanced tax accountants when I first started it is the traditional industry only looks at, oh, we have a deadline coming up with the ATO. Let's get our tax sorted. But that's only one part of managing your business money. And all of the other parts really need to be working together so you can show up more powerfully.
0: Oh, I love that. And um, whilst accounting can be boring, I, well, I'm not pissed off because I love a good spreadsheet. <laughs> but um, if we can run our business and understand our money and our numbers, it's a, it's a tool, isn't it, for us to do what the things we want to do with our life? And I think that's where we often get get caught up in the wrong thoughts around money and finances.
1: And rightfully so, because let's face it, we did not have these money conversations when we were growing up. I mean, I don't know about in your household, but my parents never discussed money. In fact, they would um, discourage it saying that it was rude to discuss such things or to ask questions about it. And I think that what that led to was an education system that also didn't teach practical money skills. And now we have all of these wonderful business owners who want to make a difference in the world, serve their customers, build wealthy businesses, but they haven't had the foundations of becoming comfortable with talking about money, let alone managing their own money. And uh, so that's where we can more powerfully show up for our businesses, Um, getting to know our numbers just gives us the knowledge that we need in order to be confident in our decisions. Can I afford this investment in marketing services? Uh, Should I stay with my business coach? Should I find a cheaper alternative? You know, Things like that, like having the knowledge of how much it actually costs you to open the doors and operate your business is so powerful and can be such a good tool in making those strategic decisions of, okay, I have these business goals. How am I going to meet them? What's the best way for me to get there? Because at the end of the day, business is such an open-ended box. You can really do anything you want in business, right? Absolutely. The sky is the literal limit. And if you don't want to have a traditional business, you can do things in a new way or do them your way. You can have flexibility. But um, at the end of the day, I think really understanding the money behind the business is very important to having something that's sustainable to to support us for the long term.
0: Oh, so, so true, Diane. And I love hearing you talk about that because um, I've really made a commitment to myself this year to really understand my business, understand my money, understand my numbers and my finance. And um, and I'm going to admit this to everybody so that people can hear this. Um, I was really embarrassed to have some conversations with my accountant. Who can I just say? I'm sorry, it's not you, but I've been with her for a while. She is lovely. And I felt embarrassed because I felt stupid that I didn't understand it. And is that mm-hmm. something that's quite common? Definitely. Uh, and the thing is, we
1: don't know what we don't know. So I think where a lot of people feel really frustrated or clueless is because they don't even know what questions to ask or what they should be looking at, you know, what softwares they should be using. I know Xero and Rounded are both really popular accounting softwares. When they open their Xero file or their Rounded file, what do I even look at as a business owner? How do I run these reports? What do they mean? And so having this you know, um, this ignorance or this this fear of the unknown is such a natural thing. And um, I find that the entrepreneurs like yourself who really invest in themselves in understanding even just the language of money, how to look at your numbers, what they mean, You have a better chance of building a more profitable business quicker because you have got that knowledge and you're using it.
0: (laughs) Oh, that makes me so happy to hear. And I have to say, I've been in business a long time and I've so I've been slow to that table. (laughs) Just so that you know, um, I've been happily focusing on revenue and um, doing that really, really well. And because I have a home based business, I'm quite profitable, but allowing a lot of expenses to creep into my business Um, and very easy to do that, isn't it? Particularly with all of these monthly subscriptions that we have that it's only $17. It's only, and um, one of my piece of advice, my accountant said is, pay things annually because you'll feel it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you'll probably save a couple dollars too, because normally yeah. with subscriptions, if you pay annually, then they'll give you some type of discount for that. So yeah. I
0: love but that she advice. Was saying, yeah. She was saying, because it's really easy to look at it as only this, but she goes, if you just quickly add that up, it actually, if it looks like a bigger number, your brain is more likely to go, do I really need that? And to be more, more judicious about those kind of decisions. And I think And that's how we become more profitable is to focus not just on more sales, but on less expenses, isn't it? And that's, I I don't think that's boring. I think it's really, really great. I feel really excited when I did that, I have to say.
1: One thing that i did to practice mindful spending was one month i decided to put a hold on my credit card that all of my business expenses were direct debited out of and what this forced me to do was actually take a step back and get the notifications to say oh your direct debit didn't go through uh please put in your new card details and that was kind of like a forced pause for me to sit back and evaluate okay are these subscriptions still benefiting the business? Are we using them? Are they saving me time, our team time, elevating the experience? Are they something we want to carry forward? And it was a really nice just pause, forced pause on myself to reevaluate. Is it worth putting in my new card details? Yes. Okay. We will keep this one.
0: (laughs) I have to say, I love that because um, it is really interesting going through your credit card because it becomes very um, your credit card in your business in particular becomes a very abstract thing. You just um mine just gets paid automatically through my business. So sometimes I don't I'm even looking at what the balance is on it, which is terrible. Yeah. And um and then zero, you know, it has all that, all those automated like matching stuff. You're not even really looking closely at each transaction, are you? And yeah. so it would be very easy to be paying for things that you're not using. And I can definitely yeah. attest to that being true in my business, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. And I do find in the marketing world, especially that there's a massive focus on sales, 10Xing your sales, six figure months, 10K months. But what's not talked about is how much is it actually costing you to open the doors and serve your customers and run your business? Is Mm. your pricing on point to where it's sustainable that the costs of the business are not only covered but then you're also being able to bring in enough money from the pricing to pay for tax and to also pay yourself a wage as the business owner and that's where the narrative just I feel like just needs to go a step further I would love to see that
0: well I love that and it's really really interesting because this is the conversation I've been having this year about um drawing a consistent wage out of my business because we've taken drawings for a long time and now we draw a set wage, my husband and I. And it's really, really interesting because that means you have to make sure the money's there and um, has to go through all of the cash flow hiccups that we can have when we're self-employed. So it feels kind of really exciting, but kind of terrifying at the same time, because we've always had that luxury of drawing things as we need to. And I really agree with you. It is very easy to get focused on revenue and not focused on profit. And I see this a lot because I help people with their ads Um, I always talk to them about profitability. So we don't run ads on products that have less than a 40% profit level because you can't make that profitable. And when I always ask people, I'm fascinated by this. um, I say to them, what's your your, like gross profit on that product? And they look at you blankly and you're like, how do you not know that? A, and B, are you not terrified about spending money on ads when you don't know if this could be profitable?
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. You know, and I think it comes down to like when has it not been okay for us to make profit in our business? I almost Mm -hmm. feel like there's this narrative that it's, it's, unholy or wrong for us to actually financially do well and run a business. It has to be Mm -hmm. a service to the point that we're giving and giving and giving, but then our own needs are not being met. And Mm -hmm. I would really love to just change that conversation and to really have business owners feel like, you know what, I'm empowered and I can serve my customers and also build a wealthy business that supports me, my family, pays for holidays, You know, um, not just getting by because you want to... you know, create a difference in your clients' lives, but to actually set up your business so it's profitable, it's sustainable, it's intentional, and that is going to allow someone to show up so much more powerfully over the long term. Oh, um, so, so true. Yeah.
0: And I wonder where that shift came from because, like, um, okay, in working in corporate, the 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 focus was always, especially in marketing, on your own P and and how you ran that. Mm-hmm. And how successfully you managed it. And that was like, we were we were even um, incentivized on how successfully we ran it. So um, it wasn't just about sales. It was about profitability. So in big business, it's always focused on profit. But somewhere in small business, like you say, we lose our way a little bit. And um, I'm guessing probably more as women, we do that too.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. (laughs) Yeah. Like when did it become uh, like more powerful to just give all the time? Because you actually can't give without receiving. We Mm. live in this world of duality and both exist. So when you're receiving something, how do you think the person who gave that to you got it? They received at some point, right? And it's this, this, this full circulation, especially when it comes to money and wealth. That's so important because money is so much more powerfully held in the hands of those who want to create good in the world, who want to impact their clients, their communities, their families, because they're not gonna sit there and hoard it. They're gonna circulate it back into their community. And because money is simply a tool of wealth, tools are best used in, in motion, you know, in circulation, mm-hmm. like if you yes. had a tool and it was just sitting there on the desk, it's not doing any good for you. Um, money piled underneath your bedroom, <laughs> not in circulation is just a pile of money. It's it's actually worthless if it's not in circulation. And that's where the power of money and building wealthy businesses really comes into play is this mindset shift we have to make as business owners to be more like the big business, Maybe what we should be doing is just deleting the word small out of our vocabulary and say, I'm a business owner. Oh,
0: I love um, that. Instead of playing <laughs> I know, small business. <laughs> I know the ATO and the federal government has, because um, I do a lot of uh, marketing consultation to um, large corporations, and um, they have a really high definition of what makes a small business. So without question, most of us, I think it's t- a less than $10 million revenue from memory, I can't remember, but it's a lot. Right. So most of us are running a small business, but it is a term that diminishes us, and diminishes us in terms of our um, need to be accountable for what it is that we're doing because like I'm just running a little business. It's like, no, absolutely. I still need to, like you say, I still need to have a, a lifestyle from this and draw a wage and have a a, um, a a living standard that I would like to have. And that's what it, that's what this is all about, isn't it?
1: Exactly. And you not only deserve that, you're worthy of it. And Like the thing is businesses, you don't just start a business for it to run for a year or two, okay? Business is a long-term investment. (laughs) And so we really need to be making financial decisions with the view of this is going to last for the next five to 10 years. So what foundations do we need in terms of finance skills, money, software, tech, whatever it is, consultants to support us in achieving our long-term goals? And I find that the businesses that really understand where it is that they're going, they are unafraid to call in support to get them there and they generally get there faster and it's because they have the intention set um and so they're focused and they really keep that in the back of their mind as they're running their daily operations and in terms of profitability it makes the biggest difference
0: so interesting that you're saying that because i i would and i'm, I'm going to be very transparent here i would say without a shadow of a doubt i've run my business day to day month to month year to year and I have not done enough forward planning. And here I am 12 years in business and things are going great. But I, I, I wonder what I would have done differently had I known I would still be here now. And it's almost you- like
1: we're too afraid to dream that big, right? Yes. It's like, we need to give ourselves permission to dream that far ahead, you know, and I'm not saying you have to actually know what's your average day going to look like in business in five years. Okay. Yes. It's more of just overall, where are we headed? Who are we trying to serve? What difference are we trying to make in the world here? Um, so yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and, and those are big things. That I think we often get so bogged down in the day to day, and also worrying about money, worrying about um, sales and cash flow, and all of those things that we don't actually stop and pause and do that in our business as well. Because we're too busy looking down to stop and look up. And mm-hmm. I regret not having done more of that in my business in years gone by. I'm just kind of kicking along. Maybe I've set a few goals and things, but now I have a very clear one, three, five, and ten year plan for myself and my life. And um, who's very grown up.
1: <laughs> yeah, good, good on you. And I think that also brings up a very good point is that it's never too late to learn. It's never mm-hmm. too late to start. So if anyone listening to this podcast is saying, you know what, that's how I've been running my business, but I don't want to be that way anymore. You absolutely don't have to subscribe to that. And from today you can say, you know, what, I'm going to invest myself, really understand money skills, understand my numbers, get to know them." Um, and overcome this fear of finances and yeah and you'll never look back
0: (laughs) so so true so diana from your perspective because you have such a big client base and you must see all you must see the whole spectrum of all sorts of things going on um where's a good so if we kind of say our business is ticking along we're making money and all of those kind of things but we're not necessarily doing lots of things that we don't do like we might not have been paying super or paying a proper wage all of those kind of things where's a great place to start in understanding our numbers in our business
1: The first thing I would do is if you are not paying yourself on the regular is to work out how much your actual living expenses are and what you need that number to draw from the business and Mm -hmm. actually set up a recurring bank transfer from your business account to your personal account to start to pay yourself, even if it's something as small as if like a hundred dollars a week. Just start somewhere to get you in the energy of your personal accounts constantly being topped up with your business money. Now for some people, they may be able to actually, you know, put 500, a thousand a week or fortnight, whatever type of, you know, recurring cycle they would like. But that's where I would start is if you're not paying yourself consistently do that because sometimes especially if somebody starts out as a sole trader business structure, you're not required to put put the drawings through wages because that's not Mm. the way a sole trader business structure works. So it's really doing yourself a disservice by not getting into the habit of what a big business, a company, for example, would operate as, because at Mm. the end of the day, that's your goal is you want to progress, you want to grow. And so to adapt those money habits now is really going to serve you because when you get to the point where you're a company and you have to put it through wages, then you're going to be like, oh, this is no drama. I'm used to this. Of course, that's how it's done, right? Yeah. So I would start with paying yourself on the regular, even if it's small to start with. The second thing I would do is to block out a money, like money check-in time in your weekly schedule, whether it's on Money Monday, Finance Friday, Wealthy Wednesday, whatever works for you. (laughs) And- After you look at your numbers, just if you are doing nothing, just run your profit and loss or get your, get your bank rec up to date, start small. And Mm -hmm. after you do that, treat yourself, do something that's going to make you happy, do something that you enjoy. So that way you and your brain associates pleasure with looking at your numbers, because if your favorite thing is, for example, um, having an ice cream, then After you finish Finance Fridays, then you get to treat yourself to a chocolate ice cream. And then your brain is going to be like, wow, like this is actually really fun. I get to have something nice and enjoy while I'm looking at my numbers or after I look at my numbers. And what that does is it gets you in the habit of enjoying looking at your numbers to where it's going to um, create really like less resistance to this fear, you know, this, um, this ignorance, like educating yourself and just getting comfortable with money and your numbers. It's just going to go so far. I love
0: that. I love the first tip as well. I love that tip about positive reinforcement of habit. And I was sitting here thinking of oh, what would I do? I like looking at numbers. I have to be so <laughs> enjoy it. It makes me feel powerful, like I'm in control and I like feeling like that. So I enjoy looking at my numbers. I love zero running a report. Um, But if you didn't, the reinforcement of the habit is the most amazing tip, Diana, (laughs) because we do get scared of it. And like you say, it can just take looking at it regularly for you to start to feel better about it and to feel confident. And from an accounting perspective, because I am full disclosure. I have an accounting degree, so I'm a total nerd. Um, I have never worked as an accountant. I've got marketing and accounting degree. So um, I I feel confident with my numbers, but um, I genuinely believe every business owner should have an accountant. I don't think anyone should be attempting to do that themselves. And I remember from day one, I even paid someone to set up my chart of accounts, even though I probably knew how to do that. I think that the best thing you could do is invest in an accountant because they know all the stuff you don't know and even now when I speak to my accountant and I ask her for advice I'm like they're up to date with everything so I might have studied it 20 years ago but they know now so um what would you do do you think it's possible to run your business without an accountant what's your thoughts look
1: it's like with any any anyone has things that they're good at and things that they're not good at right mm. and so if numbers is your jam then you know, go for it. Right. Cause the softwares are so easy these days that they'll yes. walk you through how to set them up. Right. Yes. Um, it's not like 20, well, they didn't exist 20 years ago. It's not like even five years ago where it was really clunky, you know, all the user interfaces of all the accounting programs are really easy, but like with anything, if you don't have knowledge or confidence or Um, if you don't enjoy something, then Mm -hmm. bringing in a specialist in that area, if it's bookkeeping, if it's accounting, if it's tax returns, it's going to save you time and stress because if it's something that you want to learn, you can see how they've done your book. So you can see how they did your tax return, look at that and understand it. So that way you can at least, you know, ask them meaningful questions and, you know, um, if you want to take it on yourself later, you can, but as with any consultant, it's kind of like, okay, what's the best use of my time and energy as a business owner? And, Yeah. If I also was not trained as an accountant, then uh, it would definitely be something that I would probably outsource from the beginning. For me in my business, it was marketing because Mm -hmm. I was not a marketer, didn't understand that. So that was the very first thing I called in. And if I had tried to sit there and figure out how to do Instagram myself, how to, you know, work Canva myself, it would have taken me hours, um, days, weeks, and all of that could have been better spent in me setting up my business, serving my customers, growing my business. And so that's where I think that a finance professional can just give you confidence that you're really set up for your structure. Um, Because not everyone has the same business structure. Some people run through sole traders. Some people have commercial premises. Some people have a team. They have employees or they have contractors. They run through a company, a trust. There's so many different ways. And that's where a professional can really make the difference is they will tell you advice for you and your
0: situation. Mm-hmm. I love that. I'm I'm a big believer in accountants and um and um I don't have a bookkeeper, but if I didn't feel confident I would definitely be outsourcing that as well. But um I genuinely believe that we are no matter how good we think we are at like you say running zero and stuff, they will always have the up to date knowledge on tax and deductions and like you say, the structure that's right for you. I often have clients ask me in coaching, um, how should I set up my business? I'm not qualified to give you that advice. Uh, that's not what I do. And it's like, well, what are you? And I said, I'm, I'm what's right for me and my family. That's what we are, our structure. And um, people actually get quite grumpy. And I'm like, no, no, you can't just ask other people what they are and copy them. Because I've had conversations with my accountant over the years as to our company structure and all of those kind of things that make perfect sense to my family. And so that advice, like you say, is tailored. And I think um, accounting is one of those um, professions where you still get tailored advice. It's not a cookie cutter advice. And I love that.
1: Hmm. Yeah, 100%. And you don't know what you don't know, right? And this is why like, we have a certain number of education credits we have to do every year to maintain our licenses. So we are always going to be up to date with what the latest tax law is, what the new budget you know, has told us. Um, like, for example, one thing that is, happen- is happening in the finance slash banking world, the compliance world, is the government is really pushing people to not use trust to trade businesses anymore and encouraging the use of companies instead. And it's because they're setting up all the way that insurance is set up. um, The banking system is set up to support and make it easier for those who are running with companies. And if I was not in the industry advising clients on this every day, then I might not even be aware of that pattern because the government hasn't come out and flat out said that it's just really obvious in all of the messaging to me as a professional. And that's where you can get access to that insider type of information for someone who really understands your business, your structure, your industry. And yeah, so accountants and and um and bookkeepers can really just help a business
0: go far. Oh, I love that. Diana, look, thank you so much for your time today. It has been delightful having you on my podcast. For all of my listeners that are tuning in, please check out the show notes on how you can connect with Diana. Like she says, she has grown her business using social media, which you can take to me and she does a great job. She shares lots of good, good tips. Um, I would really encourage you to reach out and connect with her. And um, Diana, thank you so much for your time today. It has been delightful having you as a guest on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. And thank you to my listeners. I will catch you the same time next week on The Social Circus.